0: Aloha, hey Coma mai? Welcome aboard. Welcome to the Just Cruising podcast. This podcast was recorded on Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. I'm Larry Jackson, owner of Cruise Holidays of Vieira. I'll be your cruise director for this week's podcast. Uh, it's all about the wonderful world of travel and cruising. And so glad you could be with us today. Thanks for joining me. The title of this week's edition of the Just Cruising podcast is called "Is The Long Winding Road. And we're going to take a little page out of the Beatles' Let It Be album, and we're going to talk about the long winding road to restarting cruising. And, uh, be, but before we get started, I want to remind you that these podcasts are brought to you by Cruise Holidays of Viera. We are a boutique travel planning advisory agency, and the best way to find out information about us and to contact us is to go to our website, Just Cruisin' Vieira, V-I-E-R-A, Just Cruisin' with no G, viera.com Love for you to go to our website, look around, we've got a lot of great information for you there. We also have previous podcasts uh, there for you if you'd like to uh, hear some of the other ones that we've recorded in the past weeks. Well, last week we recounted the history of the shutdown of the cruise industry during the pandemic. We talked about how we were on a cruise on March uh, 13th when all of this began. And what uh, happened in the ensuing weeks to uh, basically shut down the entire uh, travel industry. And just in case you missed that podcast, if you ever want to get some of our previous podcasts or listen to future podcasts, please just Google Just Cruising with Larry and uh, it'll bring up all the different uh, podcast sites available for you. And I remind you to subscribe to our podcast so that you'll automatically be uh notified when we have a future one coming out well here we are uh, we're in the middle of our pandemic and as we said we have uh we shut down cruising basically on march 13th of 2020 and uh we still have not for the most part haven't started sailing, sailing again um we Right now, are under a no-sale order by the CDC, which currently extends through September 30th of 2020. In addition, the Cruise Lines International Association, known as CLIA, of which we're a member, has declared a temporary or a suspension of all cruises, basically through November 1st. Now, there are a few other cruise lines that have extended their no-sale or their suspension of cruising for a further periods such as canard is uh, basically all the way out to around march of 2021 uh, princess has pretty much suspended all of their cruises through december and um so right now november 1st is our date honestly i'm not very optimistic about that date as i'll tell you a little later on during this uh this podcast uh, we are uh basically awaiting the CDC to give us the guidelines and then tell us that we can start sailing again. Now uh, one of the things that has delayed that is in July when they gave us this last no-sail order, they also put out a notice in the federal registry asking for public comment on resuming sailing and why they did this is beyond anybody. Nobody has any earthly idea why they did this. Why would you ask the public to tell you comments about something that's going to be so basically technical and scientific as how do we make cruises, cruise ships safe when we in the middle of this pandemic when we when we come back? So that's where we are right now, uh, and let's look at uh, some of the issues as we look about going as we look forward going back to cruising again. We have had some attempts at uh, uh, being able to start back up and cruising. Uh, Most notably, uh, Uncruise, which is probably a cruise line you've never heard of. Uh, They have very small ships in Hawaii and Alaska. Uh, Had attempted a cruise in July uh, with only 60 passengers aboard it. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. The Paul Gauguin out in. Tahiti attempted a cruise. Also, they are a 300-passenger ship. I think they only had about 120 people on board, and we also had Hurtigruten and Sea Dream attempt cruises out of Norway. And all of this has uh, happened during the month of July. Uh, in the case of Hurtigruten, uh, they had I think about 12 people that uh, tested positive. And so they cut their cruise short, came back, put everybody into quarantine, and uh, canceled all the cruises for the rest of the year, basically. Sea uh, Dream had a similar situation where they had one person test positive, so they came back to port, canceled all their cruises. And Paul Gagan had a similar situation. Uh, uncruise, uh, this is an, now this, I bring this story up to you because this kind of shows us what uh, we're up against as far as resuming cruising um, when they they had 60 passengers on board i think it's a 160 passenger ship and they sailed out of juneau now when all the pa- before you could go on the cruise before you could book it you had to have a covid 19 negative test i think it was uh, valid previous five days and before you arrived in juneau to get on board the ship In Juneau, the Alaskan authorities had imposed a uh, requirement that anybody landing in the state of Alaska would have to have a COVID-19 test at the airport. Everybody tested negative before they got there, got on the ship. Uh, Two days later, Juneau, the Alaskan authorities informed the ship that one of the passengers had tested positive at their airport test, not the previous test Nobody had any symptoms. There was no problem as far as that was concerned. <coughs> Excuse me. So ship returns back to Anchorage, uh, Seward probably. They put everybody in a hotel and quarantine them, and then they cancel all their Alaska cruises. Well, as it turns out, the passengers negative, the positive testing the whole season. The what was what little bit of the Alaska season was less, left. Uh, was gone. So those were our previous attempts uh, in the months of July and August. Now, just uh, a couple weeks ago, on August sixteenth, MSC Cruises started uh, a cruise, and everybody has been really watching this cruise because it's uh, we're we're trying to see if what MSC did is what we need to do. As I say, crack the code to be able to resume uh, going back to cruising. So. The 4,842-passenger MSC Grandiosa sailed out of Genoa. Uh, they sailed with, um, they were going to ports in Italy and Malta. Uh, they Of the 4,800-passenger capacity, they really never released the number of passengers they had on board, but it was roughly 50%, roughly 60%, it was roughly 3,000 passengers. All of the passengers had to be from uh, some, from what they call the um, um countries, and those are basically EU countries. There's 26 of them that signed an agreement many years ago. Uh, it's EU con- countries excluding um, uh, UK and Ireland, and these 26 countries in Europe a few years ago had decided they were going to make this um, – this co- covenant that, um, it's called Schengen, S-C-H-E-N-G-E-N. I'd never heard of it. These are Schengen countries, and they don't have to have passports or visas to go back and forth among the countries. And it, it's pretty much all the countries in Europe that you've ever heard of. So only the passengers from those countries can be on board the MSC Grandiosa when she sailed on August 16th. All right, some few other requirements uh, for this ship was for the sailing that all the passengers had to have had a test that was negative for COVID-19 in in the moments before boarding. Now what MSC did was they had a I don't know how they did this, but they have a rapid test that they were able to test everybody when they got to the terminal and they had to be negative before they got on board the ship. That's one requirement. Now here's the first problem they had Someone showed up at the ship, and when they did that test, they were tested positive. All right, they were denied boarding. That's not the only problem. The folks that they were with on a van in from the airport who tested negative, they were not allowed to board. So I'm just bringing this up because you can see these are some of the problems we're going to have when we uh, start sailing again here in the United States. As far as uh, onboard experiences, um, all the bars were open, all the restaurants were open. Um, you did have to wear a mask in public areas. You didn't have to wear it, wear it in the restaurants when you're eating and in your cabin, but the entertainment had, had social distancing, all the things that you'd expect on board as far as the onboard experience that really didn't have a large impact on the passengers. Uh, as far as that was concerned, or at least all the reviews I've read, um, The uh, one big impact I think that that this cruise had was the shore excursions. Uh, You were not allowed to take any independent shore excursions. You were not allowed to get off the boat unless you were aboard on an MSC uh, designated tour, and uh, the tours took place in Naples and Palermo and places like that. Um, All of the Guides on the tour were tested negative. The buses were were sanitized. They used social distancing on the buses, you know, every other seat and things like that. Another problem arise, arose. Uh, family went to Naples on one of the shore excursions and then uh, decided they were going to tour Naples, Naples on their own. They left the tour. When they got back to the ship, their um, luggage was waiting for them on the dock, and they were denied reboarding, and they had to fly home uh, I guess to Genoa So that just gives you a, uh, an indication uh, that the sailing went very well uh, We had no outbreaks we had no no uh, other positive tests there were and by the way all the people that tested positive were asymptomatic So just bring it is this what uh, cruising is going to look like when we when we start back up um, it's really hard to say but at least it's a start (laughs) so we are all looking for uh, any little glimmer of hope at this point to get things started basically we have three impediments towards um, towards resumption of cruising and um, those three impediments the first one hurdles obstacles whatever you want to call it the first one and the foremost one is the cdc Number two is going to be the ports of call that we want to go to. And number three is going to be you, the consumer, and your attitude towards cruising when uh, it restarts and with the measures that we're taking. All right, the CDC. Uh, I really don't know who ticked the folks off at CDC about cruising, but there's somebody there who really doesn't like it. They are uh, pretty much doing anything they can to... Uh, prevent cruising from starting again. And a case in point is this comment period that they suddenly decided out of nowhere uh, that they were going to have comments from the public. Uh, now, these comments are due by September 21st. As I said, our sailing no-sale order expires on September 30th, so obviously they can't. Uh, I think they've gotten something like six or 7,000 comments already. They're not going to be able to digest that, and I don't know why some guy sitting in... Uh, Paducah, Kentucky, is going to be an expert on what the cruise line should do when they restart cruising as far as sanitation and all of the things. Uh, But that delayed the whole process. And uh, I thought I'd read you uh, some of the questions that they asked so you can see the nature of what the comments that they were asking for. Um, Here are just some of the ones that I pulled out. Uh, how should crew this is now the cdc is telling you these questions and they're asking you the public and by the way you have plenty of time to do this if you'd like to do it Uh, all you got to do is google cdc comment section cruises and you can make your own comments if you'd like all right here's a question how should cruise ship operators bolster their internal public health programs with public health experts, and invest in a robust public health infrastructure to ensure compliance with measures to detect, prevent, and control the spread of COVID-19. Here's another question. Because reports of illness may lead to restrictions on crew activities, how should cruise ship operators encourage crew members to report mild symptoms of COVID-like illness to medical personnel? So we, someone catches a, i'm surmising here but someone catches a cold they're down in the um crew quarters at at lunch and three other people catch that guy's cold and all of a sudden this may be covid so we better quarantine these people we go here goes the crew i'm not having crew anymore um and and what do you know about this type of situation that you could help the cdc plan uh, for the reopening because um Obviously, they don't know what to do, so they're asking you to help them. Here's another question. What should be the medical capacity to manage an outbreak of severe case of COVID-19 on board the ship? What arrangements should cruise ship operators have with private companies to transport and obtain medical care shoreside for passengers and crew with severe COVID-19? You think you're going to be able to go to a port of call and say, hey, if we have a break, an outbreak of COVID-19, do you mind if we bring, you know, 15, 20 passengers out to your hotel, hospital, wherever, uh, even though you've had no cases in your town for the last six months or whatever, uh, you wouldn't mind if we just bring these people uh, to your hospital to get treatment, would you? Um, so you can tell by the nature of the questions, their attitude towards whether we're going to be able to restart cruising or not. Here's another one. What prearrangements should be made to ensure that all U.S. seaport communities will accept a returning ship after a COVID-19 outbreak is uh, identified? Now, their pres- presumption is you're going to have outbreaks of COVID-19. I mean, they seem to be treating this like the norovirus where you're going to have these outbreaks and uh, the the corona is just totally different from norovirus and those types of things. Here's another one. What measures should cruise ship operators be required to take to reduce the burden on U.S. government resources if foreign seaports deny cruise ships the ability to come into port during a voyage? In other words... uh, are we are you going to require the U.S. Navy to send the uh, the USS Comfort out to Malta to pick up the uh, the passengers that won't be able to be uh, disembarked uh, be in Malta? So I, I, this is just so absurd to me. Well, here's some of the comments. I I, I like the uh, here's some of the comments that you all made back to the CDC. Um, uh, in regards to whether ships should uh, resume cruising, All right here's one, and this is a quote. Now, I say have us sign waivers prior to boarding that says we will not hold the cruise uh, sick cruise line or CDC responsible for cruising. That we understand risk, limit capacity on ships. Make masks mandatory of getting off the cruise but not on the cruise. Have a lot of sanitizer stations. It says acceptable. It means available. This has not been edited. This is the straight comment close off bathrooms have us use our own room bathrooms <laughs> that's going to cut down on the uh, alcohol consumption at the bars but um it's another person wrote it's time to sail we have waited long enough who knows when the virus will go away if we can sail during flu season we can sail during this exclamation point Exclamation seven of them okay um here's another one. I like this. Questions on the survey include such queries as what mental health services should cruise ship operators provide to crew and passengers during quarantine or isolation? What precautions should the cruise industry take to safely disembark passengers and crew without transmitting COVID-19 into local seabor- seaport communities? Okay, one. this last one. What innovations should cruise ship operators develop to reduce transmission of COVID-19 on board ships? And how would these innovations be effective? One person responded angrily to the last one. It is totally ridiculous to ask that question. This will be transmitted any in the wo- anywhere in the world, not just on ships. They should indeed have the right to quarantine ill passengers, crew. Make sure hands are washed, temperatures taken frequently for now. Masks are worthless. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, you can see that the public comments, I don't see, don't don't look like they're being particularly helpful. Now, prior to the uh, CDC coming out with this public comment period, uh, Royal Caribbean started a joint venture with Norwegian cruise lines. Now, this is pretty unheard of. This is kind of a revolutionary thing. And what they did was... Uh, The CDC had asked the cruise lines to come in with a comprehensive plan to restart cruising. And Royal Caribbean and Norwegian Cruise Line took this very seriously, and they assembled a blue-ribbon panel of of health experts that they called the Healthy Sail Panel. And what they were at tasked with doing is guiding Royal Caribbean with new recommend, recommendations on how to start cruising again. And then they were going to make this report to the CDC. Uh, they went out and spent a lot of money hiring very, very prominent qualified people. Uh, here, here's, a, here's some of the people. The head of the, the panel is Governor Mike Leavitt, who's the former secretary of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. And, doc, and another person on the panel is Dr. Doctor Scott Gottlieb, former commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Uh, nine other experts are on the panel with expertise in public health, biosecurity, Uh, hospitality and maritime operations. On top of that Royal Caribbean has hired a new public health and chief medical officer whose name is Dr. Calvin Johnson. So Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, now Carnival also created their own panel separate from from Norwegian cruise lines. The cruise lines all agreed that whatever their recommendations were, they would share them with all of the other cruise lines so everybody would have the same. Nobody's going to keep this you know, proprietary, hey, our panel came up with, we're not going to tell you what we're doing. All of the cruise industry is going to do the same thing. Don't you think this would have been much more beneficial to the CDC than this public comment period through September 21st? The panel's uh, tasking was set so that they would respond to the CDC by the end of August, which would greatly have accelerated our return to cruising. But because of this September 21st deadline on the comments, uh, it pushed everything back. So they get the comments. Let's say, I mean, it it has been almost... Uh, it's, it's five months now since we suspended sailing, and the CDC has come out with a zero, got zero zilch guidelines for cruises uh, to restart. They did come out with some guidelines for getting the crews home um, when they were on board the ship, but that's it. For five months, they've done nothing, and now they get these comments. They're going to get the uh, information from Royal Caribbean's panel. How long is it going to take them to digest that and then put out new uh, recommendations for us to restart cruising? The other question is, what are these recommendations going to look like? Are they doable? Are they going to be so onerous that the the public is going to say, to heck with this. I'm not going to go cruising. I mean, this is ridiculous. So these are the problems. Um, I think one of the problems we've had with the CDC, and this all started back when the first pandemic all started and broke out, is this mythology about how American cruise lines don't pay taxes and therefore uh, the US government shouldn't respond to them? And who cares if they ever sail again? Um, and and it, this is totally false. The, the cruise lines pay taxes all over the United States, they pay port taxes, they pay taxes all over the world to support communities. Matter of fact, um, I have a story here where Port Canaveral, my po- home port, has just had their bond rating downgraded because they can't collect the revenues that they're dependent upon to service their debt from the revenues that they get from cruise operations because of this shutdown. CDC doesn't look at things. How about all of the different jobs that have been lost, all the people that are unemployed because of cruising, and not just here in the United States, but these Caribbean countries depend on, almost exclusively on these cruise lines coming in to provide outside income. These people have been totally destroyed by this. While the CDC sits around as a political organization deciding when and how we're going to restart the cruising, I think it's all political. Um, A lot of people have conjectured that they're not going to do anything until after the elections because they don't want to impact the elections and uh, so that's it that's my soapbox on the cdc i think this is absolutely totally unfair i really want to know who uh, died and made the cdc king of cruising okay enough of that number two problem i talked about is what about the ports of call and i'll give you a really good example and that's the u.s virgin islands usvi uh, back in march when the whole thing broke down broke out on the pandemic their governor, the governor of the, of the territory, government, Governor Albert Bryan, shut down the place. I mean, they totally shut it down. Um, you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't leave the house. I mean, just like all the, the hysteria we had in this country. Um, and um, they had uh, a 75-day run. With, they had a few outbreaks that were isolated, which they managed to contain. But as this article says, unfortunately, case numbers continue to creep up. Some of which were attributed to community spread by residents returning from other destinations. Okay, countries, the islands shut down, but people are coming home. Probably crew members and things like that are people returning home because they lost their jobs. Um, and uh, they by mid-August they said, "Oops, uh, this is not. We got it. Uh, it's breaking out again." So they shut the uh, island down again. Is this going to happen to us when we start cruising? Do we go into a port of call? We leave. A week later, they have 30 cases where they had none, or they have uh, 50 cases where they had 10. Uh, that's going to shut that down, and then we don't have any place to go. <laughs> okay. So um, you know, Hawaii is a great example. They have done the same thing. Another island that's shut down. Uh, things went really well for a while, but the cases are back up again. And uh, now they're shut down. And so it just extends it out, keeps extending it out um, as we extend out the shutdowns that further delays our ports of call that we have available. What about cruises to nowhere? Well, we have a problem with that because the Johnson Act, which we've talked about before, uh, which, by the way, I'll go back to that one more time. I, someone needs to ask for a waiver to the Johnson Act. Uh, this is the act that prevents an internationally flagged carrier from going from two different going to two different international ports or a whole bunch of international ports without, uh, or I'm sorry, going to two domestic U.S. ports without having gone to one international port somewhere along the way. For example, if we didn't have the Jones Act, I keep, why did I call it the Jones I apologize, I pulled a Biden there. Uh, the Jones Act, uh, which, for instance, we could leave, if we didn't have the Jones Act, we could leave Port Canaveral, we could cruise up to Savannah, over to Charleston, go up to um, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, maybe up to Boston and New York City, wouldn't that be cool, cruising in New York City, spend the night, go to a Broadway show cruise back down to Port Canaveral, we can't do that because somewhere along the line we'd have to go to the Bahamas. And um, and so if we think it's safe in the United States to cruise just in the United States, if we got rid of the Jones Act, we could take our large ships and we could do that. That would be a great way to help restart cruising. Someone needs to ask Congress for a waiver to that. This happened before. It happened uh, in 2016 during one of the hurricanes when Puerto Rico needed that to be able to resupply their country. So that's another thing that we could be doing. But it's not happening, and I have to blame a lot of what's going on with this whole situation on CLIA, the Cruise Lines International Association. And uh, they have not done a very good job of lobbying. They have not been a, done a good job of portraying the cruise lines with the public. Um, we keep hearing this floating petri dish going around, and that's going to really impact things. Which brings me to my third point. Of uh, the impediments to restarting cruising, and that's going to be you, the attitude you have towards cruising. Um, one of the things I do want to warn you about, uh, and I we heard a lot of speculation about this right after the shutdown, is boy, when they get restarted, the, we're going to have bargains galore. The pricing is going to be right through the floor, and we're going to be able to take really cheap cruises, and we're going to be really looking forward to that. Now, I don't care if I have to wear a mask, but if it's cruise cheap enough, I'm really going to, uh, this is going to be fantastic. Well, I don't think that's going to happen this time around. Uh, people are pointing to the nine, the, the cruise industry right after 9-11 when that happened, and, and I don't think that's going to happen this time around for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is uh, we're going to be restarting in a phased operation, probably, uh, with the cruise line. So here's my thought, or and this is a guess on my part, nothing official, and you know what, you can hold me to this later on and say, Larry, you're totally wrong about this, but what we look forward to is probably in January, maybe late December, but I don't anticipate it, in January, we start with maybe uh, in the case of, let's say, Port Canaveral, where we normally have on a weekly basis, we have two, four, six, eight, eight ships going out maybe from uh, four different cruise lines. Maybe we'll have one ship from each cruise line going out for a three- or four-day cruise. Those, cruise. those cruise ships will probably be operating at a 50% capacity. That greatly reduces the amount of uh, cabins that are going to be available for sailing and that's the supply and if people want to go cruising then the demand's going to be high and that's going to keep the pricing from coming down the cruise lines have already indicated that they are not anticipating doing aggressive discounting uh when they come back and an article i found this week it says why you shouldn't expect bargain basement cruise deals anytime soon um And uh, it says, you know, people anticipated beginning, uh, they thought they would be rolling out monster deals uh, because that's been the conventional wisdom. Uh, According to one cruise line or cruise industry insider, privately travel agency leaders are being told by cruise executives that cruise lines have no intention of dumping prices. Uh, Cruise pricing always will be driven by supply and demand demand. Uh, cruise um, demand is down right now, but it's probably going to come back. Maybe we get a vaccine. That's going to tremendously. Um, and, and by the way, I'm not counting on that. When, I, when I'm talking about this whole thing about restarting cruises, you notice I haven't mentioned the vaccine at all because it's such a long shot, I think, uh, as to whether we'll get it in time to really get everybody. And, and will people take it? That's the other thing. And how will you prove you had it? Um, all of these things are the unknowns with the vaccine. Uh, the return to sailing, um, Frank Del Rio, who is the uh, president of Norwegian Cruise Line, said he, uh, initially resume operations in the fall, and that's probably not going to happen, uh, with a single vessel from uh, from three of Norwegian Cruise Line ships and one from Oceania and one from region. Um Cruise Line Giant Carnival Corp also appears to be mapping out a strategy to add back ships at a measured pace. Don't forget, another one of our impediments to returning to cruising is we've got to get the ships operating again, and we got to get the crews back from, uh, what, 157 different countries <coughs> back on board, tested negatively for the corona. I don't mean to be so negative about my thoughts about returning to cruising. I think we can do it. I just uh, I, I think we would have we could have been further along in the process if we didn't have this blockade of the CDC standing in our way. If they would just leave the cruise industry to itself, to I mean, look what we have accomplished over the years with norovirus. It, it is almost it happens maybe two or three times a year. Uh, it's very well contained on the ship. Um, we we know how to quarantine on ships. Uh, what happened with the Diamond Princess was a total disaster, but that, that shouldn't have happened. Um, that that was totally mismanaged uh, by both the Japanese authorities and the cruise line. Princess did us a big disservice with that deal. We know how to, to take care of outbreaks of viruses aboard ships. We are not floating petri dishes, we know what to do. And uh, if you'll just stand back, leave the industry alone and let them do their thing, because they have a very vested interest in making it safe. They want people on board their ships, okay? So, uh, I'm optimistic we will be back again, I believe it will be in January, maybe full operation, maybe operations into Europe in June. Um, I'm anticipating going to Alaska next July, and I'll be telling you in the next few weeks about a a tour that we put together in Alaska. Uh, We are looking at uh, doing some cruising in April to Hawaii. We're also looking at a cruise uh, that goes out of Florida and returns to Florida next April. So we're making plans that uh, the cruising is going to get back to normal in 2021, I don't know if it's going to be the first part or the second part or the last part, but we are optimistic. We will cruise again. We will be back. So please don't let this be uh, a downer for you. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I remind you about our website at Cruise Holidays of Vieira, and it's Just cruising, just cruising with no G, and then Vieira, V-I-E-R-A. We'd love to have you uh, go to our website. We anticipate having another Uh, podcast out and available for you by uh, next week, Friday. Uh, Maybe it'll be Monday, but if you'll uh, go to one of the uh, websites and subscribe, then you'll get notified when the next one comes out. But we do appreciate your time, and we appreciate you listening to us. And until we see you again, keep on cruising.